Little Johnny was five years old, and he went to the department store with his mom. Well, there was a mannequin there with a dress on. Little Johnny got curious and stuck his hand up that dress. His mom says, Little Johnny, get your hand out of there. They've got teeth up there. It'll bite your hand off. Little Johnny pulls his hand down. He was afraid for about 15 years. Well, fast forward to college, and he had his girlfriend over for about the fourth time, and they're making out, and she says, why don't you ever stick your hand down my pants? All you do is kiss me. He says, no, no, I can't. My mom told me that you got teeth down there, and you'll bite my hand off. She says, no, we don't. She pulls her pants down. She says, look. Little Johnny looks. He says, oh. Well, no wonder you ain't got any teeth with the shape your gums are in. <laughs> When you're working and you're trying to make things happen for your family, for yourself, but life keeps hitting you relentlessly when everything is telling you to quit, what keeps you going? I want to remind y'all of the power of the mind. You can think your way into stress. You can think your way into misery, frustration, but if you change your mind, it'll change your life. You just have to decide in your mind what you want it to be. You just have to wake up. You just have to break that negative spirit. You have to break through. As we begin to look at what we want, what's going to be crucial for you is to look toward the future and every time you find yourself saying that you can't do something, putting yourself down, being negative about you and the possibilities for you, you've got to literally catch yourself. And you've got to affirm to yourself in the process, hey, 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 no, 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 I can make it. There's some way this can happen for me. It's the what if I can pull off a fucking miracle. What if I can become someone that no one thinks I can be? You've got to say yes to your life. You've got to say yes. Yes to my dreams. Yes to me. I can make it. Yes, I can. Doesn't matter how many failures I've made. Doesn't matter how many mistakes I've endured. Doesn't matter about my defeats. Doesn't matter about what I've done. Yes. Yes. I don't care about the fact I'm in a hole now. Doesn't matter about where I am. Yes. The last chapter to my life has not been written yet. If you judge me now, you'll judge me prematurely. I haven't exposed all my stuff yet. I'm still in the process of transforming my life. I'm still in the process of becoming. Yes! Stand up for your dreams. Stand up for what you want in your life. Decide that your life is so meaningful to you, that you love you and you love life so much that you're going to stand up for something you want. You have miracle-working power in your life right now, but you've got to work on yourself. You've got to develop yourself. You've got to talk to yourself day in and day out, selling yourself on you and on your potentials. And you've got to know that you are worth all of your effort. There's no mistake that you can't rebound from. There's no mistake that you can't get back up from. You better be resilient. I don't care what happens. You can bounce back up again and make it happen. What I've gone through will not define me. The best is yet to come. I'm a fight to the finish because giving up is not an option. Being poor is not an option. Being set out in the cold is not an option. No, you're busy rebuilding. You are busy recalculating and making a 
radical change in yourself and asking yourself, what is it about me that I must change? You want to be committed to taking care of yourself. As you go into action, as you hold that thought in consciousness persistently, you will begin to realize powers and abilities you have. You will realize you have miracle working power in you. When you're a warrior, you're willing to fight for your dream. You're willing to realize that you will fail your way to success. You're willing to make it okay if people don't like you or disagree with you. You're willing to fight even though the odds are stacked against you. You are willing to have a spirit of optimism when you've lost everything materialistically. But if you got a pulse, if you woke up this morning, you, when you're a warrior, you're willing to fight. You fight. Presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. President Biden has arrived in Poland after an emergency meeting in Brussels on the war in Ukraine. Correspondent Stephen Portnoy begins team coverage. After receiving a briefing on the humanitarian efforts being undertaken here in Poland, the president will meet with some of the 10,000 U.S. troops now stationed in this country. To ensure that we have robust deterrence and assurance. Uh, in the face of Russian aggression. Jake Sullivan, the president's national security advisor, told reporters on Air Force One that NATO was now making contingency plans if Russia should decide to attack inside the alliance's territory. Yesterday, Mr. Biden said NATO would respond if Russia uses chemical weapons in Ukraine. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, Warsaw. I'm Wendy Gillette in Jeshu. 250,000 refugees have passed through the city's train station. Claudia Bayrosh is coordinating the effort to help those who arrive here. A month ago, it was like totally chaos because there was uh, thousands of people who uh, came here from Ukraine. They didn't know what to do. The UN Refugee Agency estimates more than 2 million Ukrainian refugees have entered Poland so far. In Ukraine, officials say four people were killed in a Russian airstrike on a clinic in Kharkiv today. They say about 300 died in last week's attack on a theater serving as a bomb shelter in Mariupol. An exclusive from CBS News and the Washington Post. Our investigation has uncovered text messages from Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas' wife to former President Trump's chief of staff and an effort to overturn the results of the 2020 election. The Post Bob Woodward tells CBS Mornings. What Jenny Thomas has done here, what Mark Meadows said, they've just turned up the heat and the division in the country in a way that leads us to, let's be yeah. direct about it, the political catastrophe we are living through. Tragedy at an amusement park in Florida. Police in Orlando say a 14-year-old boy fell to his death from a ride called the Freefall at Icon Park late last night. John Stein works for the manufacturer. Our hearts are broken for that family of the young men. We're going to do everything we can to work with the investigative authorities to get to the matter of this. Justin GM will halt operations at a pickup truck plant in Indiana for two weeks because of the ongoing semiconductor shortage. Vladimir Putin accusing the West of trying to cancel Russian culture. He says banning Russian artists and composer is like Nazi book burnings in the 1930s. This is CBS News. The following program is an anchor production, now available on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And with that being said, the Ace Valone Show starts 
right now. Right into this world. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Mind Chatter. It's uh, Sunday, April 5th, and hope everybody's doing well, staying safe, staying uh, healthy. Um, today I'm going to talk about a subject I've been purposely avoiding for a while, um, the coronavirus um, mess, I guess, going on right now. Um like, I want to hit on quite a few different things concerning the the whole coronavirus situation, uh, particularly here in America. And I'm going to be hitting on a lot of, you know, the, this. I've done some research. I've done some looking into it, just trying to figure out the, uh, you know, the overall severity of it, the, uh, you know, whether or not this response and reaction by the government is warranted. In this situation, um, I've even got into some uh, some of the stranger conspiracy theories about why this is happening, um, and I'll get I'll get into a few of them that I've checked out. Some of them are pretty out there, but interesting. Um, so I mean, like I said, I, I did a little bit of research and I tried to figure out. Um, whether or not this is even warranted, it, it justified. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of businesses are shut down. Uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard the term non-essential. Things that are considered non-essential are closed. Um, the uh, particularly the state governors have really gone over the deep end. I think with some of these things, um, with the stay-at-home orders and the quarantines and and all the things that we're dealing with right now. Um, but, you know, is it is it justified? I mean, that's kind of the question I set out to answer. And, I mean, from the beginning, I, I thought that this was a little overblown. I mean, uh, it, you know, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm a denier. Like, there is no, there is no virus going around. I think there probably is. Um, but it's just this whole situation that we're dealing with, it seems to me it's unprecedented. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm almost 48 years old and I've never seen this kind of reaction ever to, to uh, you know, a disease or a, a pandemic, they're calling it, you know. And so I, I look at a few things and I try to I try to remain objective and, and factual about it. Um, I know the media and politicians they're really hyping this stuff up and driving the driving the fear narrative um so i and like i said i wanted to find out i mean is it is it really that bad i mean i mean i i purposely don't watch mainstream media very much uh, because they've been caught being very biased 
um, outright lying about things. And I just, you know, it's not, it's not really journalism anyway. It's more like you people, the people that are trying to present the news are essentially just giving their own political views or their own, their own version of opinion and commentary. And I mean, that's not journalism. So I, I try not to watch it too much. So, I mean, I mean, what, that's the question. I mean, is this a serious situation or not? I mean, I, I don't know that it's really relevant where this virus came from, whether it naturally transferred from animal to uh, humans. You know, if somebody ate a, ate a bat that was infected in China and it hopped to humans, I don't know. You know, and some people even say that it was a man-made virus. And that's, you know, it's like a, essentially a biological weapon that got out of control. I've heard of a, oh, I should have looked this up before I started, but um, there is a, like a college biochemistry, biochemistry teacher somewhere in the East Coast that essentially was arrested because he was um, creating this virus and some Chinese student tried to smuggle a bunch of it to China and he got caught. Um, you know, I don't know if that was, you know, they're, they're speculating that it was the coronavirus that they had created, but like I said, regardless of where this virus may have come from, I mean, how serious is it? I mean, like I said, there's a lot of fear around it, but it seems to me from what I understand, it seems to me that it's, uh, very similar to the, uh, the SARS virus that went around a few years ago. Um, the SARS uh, severe acute respiratory syndrome and the the symptoms of corona are very very similar to the SARS and uh, I, I, I'm having trouble finding um, I'm, despite all of the reports that we've been hearing I'm, I'm having trouble finding anybody that I that I personally know or, or personally have heard of that has been infected with this coronavirus. Um, I mean, even tried to look at it in a, you know, a, a strange methodology of like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know, I've not heard of anything. Now, I, I live in a smaller area. I mean, Lewiston, Clarkston, you know, probably looking at a you know, 50,000 population roughly. I mean, I, you hear of cases locally, but you don't know who they are. You don't know them. And, and not even anything like, you know, all the, you know, my, my co-worker's cousin's boyfriend, you know, her, her grandma got sick. And I mean, you don't even hear anything like that. At least I haven't. And if this is such a bad pandemic and a bad situation, I mean, you would hear something, somebody you would know or somebody that you know that knows somebody would have been infected by now and you know, I, I just, I, I'm very skeptical about the severity of the whole situation. Um, probably even more troubling than that. Well, let's see. I got some numbers from, uh, I pulled this from the uh, uh, CDC. It was a CDC article that they had published recently. And the numbers, they're as of uh, March 25th, so just you know, essentially a few days ago, it was a comparison between the uh, typical seasonal flu and the coronavirus right now. So this is what they said. As of uh, March 25th, there was 
454,000 infected with the coronavirus um, and 20,500 reported deaths. And now that's worldwide, um, which translates to about a 1.4% fatality rate. Um, In contrast to the, the seasonal influenza, um, there have been 38 million infected and 23,000 deaths in the U.S. alone. So it seems to me that the typical flu is a lot more widespread, a lot more contagious, which it is every year. Oh, and by the way, that translates to a little bit less than 1% um, of a, a, a fatality rate for the flu. Um, and, and again, that's why I question the, the, the serious the seriousness of it and the, uh, the government response. So, you know, it, it doesn't seem to be justified the way that the government has reacted to this. Um, this, this overreach and this reaction by the government and, and particularly the state governments, um, I mean, we've never seen this before. It, it's very, it's very odd. Some people are saying that it's like, a uh, an overreaction, a purpose, purposeful overreaction, overcompensation, even for uh, like the failure of the uh, the Hurricane Katrina, if you remember that a few years back, where the the FEMA people just <laughs> dropped the ball big time, and nobody wants to be the politician or the governor or whoever that gets accused of doing nothing in a catastrophe. So we have all these uh, executive orders from the governors. Uh, the stay-at-home orders, the quarantines. Um, you know, the, that's one of the biggest things that troubles me. Um, not so much that there's a virus and there might be some people getting sick. Um, but the uh, the massive power grab that's going on by the government and people are just rolling over and taking it. And that, that bothers me. They should bother everybody who, who likes to live in a free country. And the last time that we actually saw this uh, this massive power grab by the government was after uh, 9/11, after you know September 11th, uh, with the passage of the things like the Patriot Act and all that. A lot of our uh, a lot of our rights are just being stripped in the name of safety, in the name of uh, you know this emergency, and a lot of these governors are essentially claiming power claiming authority because of an emergency situation and so as a result i'm not sure you're aware our our rights are being restricted our freedom of association uh, travel uh, i mean good lord businesses are being told what they can and can't sell or whether they can and can't be open good morning andy glad you made it you're going to like this one, Andy. This is going to be right up your alley today. <laughs> um, and, and that's that's just not the way it's supposed to be in America. I mean, you can't have a, gover- a government or a single governor. I live in Washington State, so our governor has, has gone a little megalomaniac, I think. Um, but the problem is, is like, I mean, like we've seen with 9-11 and the power grab that the government made at that time. Um, once you get your rights infringed on 
and these types of restrictions are put in place, I mean, they don't go back to normal. I mean, people try to say that, oh, it's just temporary. It's just, you know, I'm willing to do what it takes. For, you know, they don't give them back. That's the problem. What they what they do is they normalize it. Now, the loss of your freedoms, the loss of your liberties, they just over time and in incremental steps, they just make it seem normal now. And mark my words, it's going to be the same with this shit, even though they're trying to say that it's it's only due to this, you know, unprecedented pandemic which is not really unprecedented they're just saying it is so again i mean we have quite a quite a mixed bag uh, across the country as far as the uh you know the the response to it i suppose you know like i said the the a lot of people are trying to defend the government and defend the governors um in issuing these types of you know, stay-at-home orders, quarantines, what have you. It's it's unconstitutional, uh, and you know, and I've got into some political debates online about this already. And people are like, "Oh no, well, all you got to do is look at, you know, this particular statute." And I mean, while it's true that the legislature has uh, tried to grant the governor, in particular, you know, these these massive powers in an emergency situation, all he has to do is declare an emergency that statute itself is unconstitutional. The legislature does not have the constitutional authority to delegate its lawmaking powers to a single person. They they can't. I mean, just like, I mean, on a federal level, they call it the War Powers Act, where the Congress gave the president the authority to act in a, in a war situation. Well, that's an unconstitutional statute. They can't, you can't do that in our system of government. They did it and they exercise it, but it's unconstitutional. Um, you have you have different different responses in different states that I've been seeing. Um, California, for example, you know, the, the Socialist Republic of California that it is. Um, I mean you have some of the some of the local sheriffs, the county sheriffs that are basically threatening the people that the governor's executive order is the law and you know, it's, it's enforceable by jail time and fines, you know, if you go outside and this kind of shit. Well, that's not true because executive orders are not laws. But people are acting as if they are. And in contrast, on the other side of the country, in Maine, I just read this article about um, a sheriff over there, which I wish more people would do this. He, he uh, got publicly stated that he would not be enforcing the executive order that the main governor is trying to put in place. And that is not only the stay at home and quarantine crap, but also if you're caught out walking around or something, then the police are to stop you and ask you your business, where you're going, what you're, you know, and this uh, Maine, the sheriff in Maine said, he's not going to do that. He says, we are not creating a police state here. An executive order is not the law, and I don't have to enforce that. You know, you know, and he says, keep in mind if you're if you're conducting illegal activity, yeah, you're going to get stopped, you're going to get arrested. But simply for walking around, he goes, no, you don't. I'm not doing that. And I, you know, good for him. I hope that I hope that's the case. I hope that type of thing spreads. Um, well, good morning, Asa. Um, so 
I mean, there's a lot to there's a lot going on here with this whole Corona madness, and um, one of the things, like I said, with the uh, the executive order shutting everything down, our economy is crashing right before our eyes. Now, I personally am one of the people that's out of work. Um, I work for a small uh, boating manufacturer um, here in Clarkston, but thankfully. Um, we are owned by a bigger corporation that can absorb some of the loss of profit. And there's a lot of small businesses out there that cannot absorb that kind of hit. I mean, 30 days or even longer with no profits, no revenue coming in the door, they're, they're going to have no choice but to fold. Um, a bigger corporation or a bigger company can maybe withstand it, you know, to an extent. But with these... Uh, business shutdowns and these stay-at-home orders and all this stuff, I mean, these politicians are trying to use the economy and flip it on and off like a light switch, and if you know anything about economics at all, that's just not how an economy works. I mean, they're just assuming that they're going to lift these uh, stay-at-home orders and everybody's going to go back to work and it's just going to be just like normal. Well, you know how many businesses are going to fold in that particular time period? There's going to be no job to go back to. You know, depending on how long this is going on. And unfortunately, um, recently uh, the, the federal federal Congress and, and Trump passed a $6 trillion spending bill. And it's that's amazing to me how – I don't know. I, I, I just <laughs> – I don't like – the government spending aspect of it. Sure, there is a small percentage of it that is going for. Uh, like they're supposed to be direct, uh, direct stimulus payments. You know the whole uh, the twelve hundred dollar paychecks that everybody's supposed to be getting, or you know five hundred if you have kids, and it's, you know um, unemployment. I don't know if this one's gonna happen or not, but supposedly the federal stimulus extends to uh, um, if you're on unemployment due to the you know the corona crap that you will be granted an additional six hundred dollars per week in addition to whatever you're allowed by the state for unemployment i haven't seen that yet but you know and there, there's supposed to be more money going to uh to help some of the smaller businesses medium-sized businesses stay afloat and the rest of the six trillion dollars uh, just went to dumb shit like 25 million dollars you know for uh, the Kennedy Center and some museum somewhere got a bunch of money and just dumb stuff that has nothing to do with this virus but I digress so anyway there's there's a lot of a uh, lot of different theories out there as to why the government has responded the way that they have and this massive overreaction and uh, I've gone through some of these. I'll just call them conspiracy theories because that's what they are. But because I've been out of work for a while, I've had some time on my hands. I question things. I want to know why, why this, why that. So I wrote down a couple of these uh, <laughs> conspiracy theories as to what's going on. And, I mean, you can look them up on, on YouTube and check them out for yourself. But some of them are pretty interesting. Is there any truth? Eh, I don't know. I mean... Like the one of the, the first one I I uh, 
I came across was uh, the, this this quarantine shutdown closing the businesses reaction was because they're trying to hide um, what they call the uh, the five G network rollout, right? And this uh, this five G from everything that I have seen about it is is not good. I mean, it's good and as far as an advancement in technological capabilities, but unfortunately, that's part of the evil that they're trying to take advantage of. And what it what it ha- how it relates to the coronavirus is that um, while everybody is essentially indoors and staying at home, they're they're building these networks and these towers which emit some massive amounts of radiation, like microwave radiation. And uh, it's just harmful in and of itself. If if you're if you're close to one of these towers, you you experience um, what they they're saying are very similar to these coronavirus symptoms. Um, it, the the radiation messes with your biological chemistry in such a way that um, you know you, you think you're sick from from a, a flu or a virus or something. Um, it goes on to uh, talk about. Um, this this whole 5G conspiracy, it, it goes on to talk about um, once the uh, 5G network is in place, um, they're going to make the, the vaccine for the coronavirus mandatory for all citizens. However, they're going to be putting a, a nano nanotechnology into the vaccine. And in a form of uh, little microchips, because this 5G network would be able to track you, get all of your data, and even some of the some of the stranger parts of it that are saying that it has to do with mind control and an ability to control your behavior, things like that. And then the result of it, sometime down the road, is to essentially get rid of money. Like the like the paper paper dollars and coinage, and just go to strictly a digital currency, and I we we do not want that because it have every every purchase everything you have done on your phone or by card or you know whatever I, I probably don't even have cards because whoever controls the digital aspect of it controls you. And could be sitting behind a uh, computer somewhere and just completely wipe out your bank account. Sorry, payments uh, not going through, sir. You know, and this is one of the things that. I mean, if you get into it, I mean, like if you're, uh, if you're in opposition to the government somehow or whoever the powers powers that be. You're you know considered a political dissident even. I mean, they can just shut off your money, because they would control it digitally. That's the whole purpose of having paper money, right? So, for example, just as a crude example, but if you go to the store and your, you know, your, your your debit card gets declined, but you still have cash in your wallet, you can still pay for it. You're still good. But if we only have digital currency, you get shut down, you don't eat. You don't pay your bills. You know what I mean? And to give that control to somebody else is the big fear behind it, but... So this whole 5G network rollout, um, you know, is that is that what's coming? I don't know. I mean, you see commercials on TV nowadays for 5G. So not a whole lot of people like it. 
Um, another theory about why the government is responding the way that they are is uh, a lot more ominous and bleak. But um, the theory is is that there is a uh, a comet or an asteroid that's uh, approaching, and it's scheduled to hit Earth um, April twenty ninth, and it's projected to be a global killer. Like it's supposed to be like. Well, there's there's one that says there's an asteroid and one that says there's a comet, and they're they're different, but. Um, there's an asteroid, it's called, I looked it up, it's called, uh, 52768, or they also call it 1998 OR2, because they discovered it in 1998, and they've been tracking it ever since. It's purportedly to be, like, the size of Mount Everest, this asteroid, and I actually saw a, uh, a computer simulation of the, uh, the orbits of these two things, and it does appear that it's going to make a very close pass to Earth, um, NASA, which I do not trust anything they say, they say, no, it's not going to hit us. It's, it's going to be like, you know, four, four million miles away in its flyby. Uh, and they, the same thing, there's a, um, a comet called Atlas that comes around like every 4,400 years. So essentially the last time this comet came around was in the, uh, the time of the biblical floods. And, you know, they all, they always say that comets are the harbingers of catastrophes and destruction. So... Is that is is that possible that we might be getting hit and there's nothing the government can do about it? That's why they're basically trying to shove everybody in their own homes because you know I, I hope not. That's a horrible thing. And it's really interesting because um, I've been seeing in the news that uh, the whole bunch of uh, corporate CEOs have just all of a sudden just started retiring and stepping down. Why would that be? Do they know something that we don't? I mean, I, you know, I, I've been looking up in the night sky, and uh, oh, it's been a couple weeks now, but I, uh, we we happen to have a clear night. I looked up and there was a super bright object in the sky. And I'm not an astrologer. I don't. I'm not you know necessarily a stargazer. But I wanted to know what it was. My first thought was Jupiter, because it was very big in the sky and it was. Um, kind of orange, orangish, reddish, and so what I did was I downloaded this uh, this stargazing um, app on my phone, and it's called uh, it's called Starwalk Two. And uh, after I got it downloaded and all set up, I pointed it up at that bright the bright thing in the sky, and I'm thinking it's going to be Jupiter, and it says, "I shit you not, Planet Nine. And I'm like planet nine what in the hell is planet nine and if you're into any sort of uh, ancient aliens uh, kind of stuff planet nine is also called nibiru um, which is a planet that is uh in our solar system but its orbit is so wide that it, it only comes around every something like 3,600 years or something like that and so i don't know what i'm looking at I mean, it's if you look at it in the sky, if you can see it, I mean, you can see it with the naked eye, it's very bright. Um, if it is Planet Nine, it should not be that visible in the sky. Um, more than likely, it's Venus, because it's very close to uh, Orion's belt this time of year. Um, but it's so bright, I mean, I can't even tell you how bright it is. And, uh, I mean, I have seen Venus in the sky 
throughout my lifetime, I mean, many times. And it does get bright certain times of the year. But I have never seen it like that. So if that truly is Venus, I mean, it's, it's brighter than I have ever seen it, ever. And, you know, I mean, like I said, just look up, look up in the sky if we get a clear night. And it'll be like due west, right next to, uh, right next to Orion's belt. It's very, it's very bizarre. So this whole idea about the comet or the asteroid thing, I mean, it's, you know, it gets me thinking. I mean, is it possible? I mean, sure. I mean, we do get meteors and asteroids that hit us on occasion. Yeah, you know I mean, would the, uh, would the government tell us if there was something catastrophic about to happen like that? Well, fuck no, they wouldn't. They would keep that a secret. Because, as we all know, they think we're all, you know, prone to panic, which, I mean, if you look at the coronavirus situation, that's proof in the pudding right there. So, no, they wouldn't tell us if there was something big and global killing that they couldn't do anything about. Because they would want to avoid mass panic and riots and looting and whatever. But the point is, is that if there is something coming... It's going to be bright in the sky. It's going to get brighter and brighter the closer it gets to us. And uh, it, those, there's going to come a point where there's just nothing you can do about it, right? I mean, if it's if that's what's going, if that's what's coming at us, you know, I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. It's crazy. So hopefully, it's not a comet or an asteroid. Um, I, I don't think that I would want to die like that. <laughs> um, so another another one that I, uh, another conspiracy theory that I came across, this was, I found this one very, very interesting. And uh, what it has to do with is, like I said, they, this is the reason for the response that the government has chosen to take because of coronavirus. Now, apparently, according to this theory, um, there is a uh, a global operation underway right now, and the, the operation has to do with um, a group called the Alliance. And apparently, the way that the they're explaining this, this this Alliance are uh, the good guys, essentially, and it's kind of spearheaded by Trump because he was unable to be bought by the the global elites you know, in the media and whatever. Um, supposedly, according to, according to this theory, there's going to be a three-day blackout period coming very soon. Um, they say as soon as uh, this Friday, um, where they're going to black out the Internet and all communications, TV, phone, uh, for three straight days. And in this three-day period, Trump and the alliance are going after all of the global elitists, um, the banking corporations, the, the higher up ones like uh, the World Banks and things, um, corporate heads, um, news media moguls and figures, politicians even, celebrities, uh, the, the Illuminati, the Bilderberg Society, the whole works. I guess there's just a massive amount of people they're going after and they're going to arrest for crimes against humanity. Um, stealing and transferring the wealth of the people. And this whole idea is that 
it's supposed to be essentially a global reset because these uh, these global elitists who've been stealing our money and transferring wealth for decades and decades, um, they're the ones that are behind this whole idea of a new world order. You know, one world government, one world currency, that kind of thing, for the purposes of you know basically total human control, total human population control. So essentially, this alliance and Trump is they're set to bring this whole one world order thing down and that's what they're going to try doing in this three days of blackout um now there's if you i mean you can look up some of this stuff like, like i have been um there's groups like uh, anonymous another one's called QAnon, um that have been leaking information about this they call it operation storm and it's interesting because um there's been there's been a couple of times where i've seen the, the footage but um where Trump has been on a stage with a, a bunch of other world leaders. And uh, he kind of waved his hand to all of the other world leaders, and he says, you can consider this the calm before the storm. And uh, some of the reporters in the car are like, well, what is that? What do you mean? What does that mean? What do you mean the calm before the storm? And he just looks at me and goes, you, you'll see. And that was his only response, and there was really no explanation behind that, so you know, take that as you will. Um the uh, supposedly I, I have not looked this up but supposedly it's already started in Europe I mean there's been a lot of uh, military movement and people are even reporting like from Europe you know on the streets that there are military rolling through the streets and it's not corona related because none of the military on the ground uh, rolling through the streets and stuff are are wearing any kind of protective gear as far as like gas masks or, or medical masks or whatever. So it's, it's, you know, it's interesting. And so it goes on to say that at the end of this, uh, three day blackout period, Trump is going to get on our phones on our, uh, emergency broadcast channel. You know, that, that, you know, that annoying sound that it makes like an Ember alert. He's going to be on that line of communication and he's going to give, like an eight-hour informational briefing on all of the people that have been arrested, what their charges are, and give just like this massive information dump to the American people as far as like uh, what's what's been hidden from us, from the people for decades, you know, by these global elitists trying to implement their plan. I mean, it, it's supposedly going to be an information dump going all the way back to, uh, like, the JFK assassination. You know, what really happened with September 11th, um, these uh, child trafficking rings around the world, um, the satanic and occult practices of these leaders that are trying to implement this uh, 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 New World Order crap, um, even the possibility of uh, the uh, you know UFOs and aliens that might finally come out. Um, and I, what I found was interesting. I didn't really research a whole lot of this, but there's a lot of the uh, missing children around the world are actually being taken from these for these global elitists and their ritualistic pra practices because there's uh, something that's within. The, the chemistry of a, of a child is called uh, something called adreno, adrenochrome or something like that. And it's supposed to be some, some sort of uh, something that they can extract from like the blood of a child. And it's supposed to be, uh, you know, 
fountain of youth kind of an ingredient. And so they're <laughs> abducting all these children to take their adrenochrome because apparently once a human body gets to a certain age, um, it stops producing it or it's, it doesn't produce enough of it or something. So specifically children are taken for this reason. Um, and then of course it gets into the, the pedophile rings and, and that kind of stuff. But anyway, this whole operation storm is going to take all these people down, um, reset, essentially they call it a global reset, which is returning the power back to the people, um, resetting our currency. So our, our currency has value again. And, you know, this is supposed to be a massive, massive undertaking. And, uh, yeah, I, is, is there any truth to that? I mean, who knows? Uh, you know, I suppose out of all of the conspiracy theories that I have read so far, I hope that's the one that's true. <laughs> I mean, uh, my girl Patty, she asked me just the other day, she goes, you, you really think there's something, something really going on behind the scenes with all this stuff? You know, with the way they're handling the coronavirus. And I was like, you know what? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it seems like there may be. Um, simply because the way that they're handling the coronavirus is just like something, their response is like something we've never seen before. And and like I read the numbers earlier about the uh, infection rates and stuff, and it just, like I said, it just does not seem to be justified for the shut-ins and the lockdowns and the quarantines and shutting the businesses and, and you know, for something that just does not seem like that dangerous of a disease. So... Are they trying to shepherd everybody into their homes for a, you know, a, a, a secret purpose? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. You know, and if there, if there is something going on behind the scenes, it might not even be anything that I've talked about here today. It's hard to say. I mean, we could just have this, these, uh, you know, stay at home orders lifted one day and, uh, go right back to work and as if nothing ever happened you know i've also seen uh, my buddy jeff posted a, a video um, earlier today and i shared it on my page um about how the media is overhyping the coronavirus thing and, and all, all these hospitals are being overrun and with testing and sick patients and and they're actually bringing in tent cities um you know establishing tent cities outside of hospitals and but the media is is saying, oh, oh, yeah, they're being overwhelmed and there's so many cases and we don't have enough test kits because there's so many, you know. But then you have people that live in the areas. Like New York City is a, was supposedly like almost a ground zero, a really hard hit area for corona. And you have these reporters walking around with their phones and like, dude, I'm at the hospital. There's like literally nobody here. There's nobody standing in line. There's nobody waiting for testing. Go up to the windows of the emergency emergency room um triage areas and like one person sitting in the waiting room you know um ambulance drivers just sitting in there on their plane on their phones and it's like this is new york this is supposed to be where the you know almost half of the corona cases in america are and this isn't just one hospital it was several hospitals around and they, they show videos of uh you know kentucky hawaii i mean all these different states that are supposedly just being overwhelmed essentially empty they're like there's nothing going on so i mean 
it's it's very it's very strange what is going on with the coronavirus. I mean, what's going on behind the scenes? It's hard to say. Hopefully, we will have a you know a big revealing. You know, if you have you heard the word Armageddon, Armageddon actually means um, an unveiling, uh, uh, unmasking, if you will. That's what Armageddon actually means. So, are we in this age of Armageddon? And this coronavirus shit is just the start of it? Maybe. I don't know. But regardless, um, you know, like I said, I got into some debates about about the whole corona situation. You know, some people are calling me selfish and stuff because I just want to go back to work and get back to normal. You know, and people are, you know, essentially accusing me of uh, choosing money over the health of my community. And, you know, I'm like, you know, it is not like that. It's just... I like to work. I like to make money. You know, so what? And I, I just am not convinced that this coronavirus is that bad of a situation. I'm not. You know, maybe you guys agree. Maybe you don't. I don't know. But that's kind of, that was my spiel for today. I mean, I, I like I said, I was, I was avoiding this topic for a couple of weeks. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to dip into it. And I'm probably going to keep on as long as I'm off work. I'm probably going to keep on checking into the various theories and trying to figure out what's going on. I don't know. Right now, last I heard, I was going back to work on April 13th. And uh, then our governor here in Washington extended the uh, stay-at-home order till May 4th. So I haven't gotten anything from my job yet, but I'm guessing that we're going to be off work until at least May 4th, which pisses me off because it just doesn't seem justified. So anyway... Uh, I don't know. Think about it. Do some research. See if you can come up with something even crazier than I have. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I thanks everybody for tuning in, Asa and Andy, and anybody else who's gonna listen to listen to this on the upload when I upload it here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, you guys stay safe. You know, stay healthy. Get out and enjoy some sunshine. So, have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you, guys. From ABC News, I'm Brian Clark. President Biden's arrived in Poland. He'll meet there with President Duda, visit with U.S. troops who are stationed in the country, then get a briefing from humanitarian groups. ABC's anchor David Muir is in Poland with more on the flow of refugees from Ukraine. The numbers overnight from UNICEF, now 4.3 million Ukrainian children uh, displaced from their homes because of war. And when you think about that, that's more than half of all of the children uh, inside Ukraine. The total number now, 10 million Ukrainians or more now displaced by Putin's war on Ukraine. Amid fears that Vladimir Putin could opt to use chemical or biological weapons in Ukraine, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan asked about a potential U.S. response, said the U.S. had the opportunity to communicate with Russia, coordinate with allies, and coordinate internally. We've been clear publicly that Russia would pay a severe price. And beyond that, I'm not going to speak further uh, to the issue. The deputy head of Russia's military's general staff says over 1,300 Russian soldiers have died in Ukraine. Western countries believe those numbers are likely much higher. To begin his day in Belgium, President Biden announced a deal with the European Commission to form a task force to reduce Europe's reliance on Russian natural gas. 
In the U.S., there are text messages between the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and President Trump's chief of staff, in which the justice's wife urges him to overturn the 2020 election results. ABC's Alex Perchet has more. The text messages were sent just as former President Trump was promising to take his efforts to overturn the election all the way to the Supreme Court. Virginia Thomas did not respond to requests for comment, but in a recent interview, she said, Clarence doesn't discuss his work with me, and I don't involve him in my work. Justice Thomas's office did not respond to repeated questions from ABC News about whether he was aware of his wife's messages to the White House. Senate Judiciary Committee will vote next week on the nomination of Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson. You're listening to ABC News. A tentative deal has been reached ending a teacher strike that's kept about 29,000 Minneapolis students out of class for two weeks. As COVID-19 restrictions ease, companies are welcoming back workers, but many of them would rather stay home. The boss says it's time to come back to work. The majority of U.S. companies want staff back on site full time. But a survey by staffing experts Robert Half finds he or she will probably get some pushback. Half of the respondents currently working from home would look for a new job that offers remote options if their companies require the employees to return full time. Senior Executive Director Paul McDonald says working parents and millennials are most likely to jump ship unless they can do at least some of their job from home. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Doctors say transplant recipient Albert Corey is doing well six months on. Medical treatments had been exhausted for Curry, a non-smoker who developed lung cancer at the beginning of the pandemic. After performing difficult lung transplants on COVID patients, doctors at Northwestern Medicine in Chicago thought to use the same principles on Curry. And he became the hospital's first lung cancer patient to receive a double lung transplant. Doctors say Curry was a good transplant candidate because his cancer had not spread beyond his lungs. He advises other terminal lung cancer patients to stay strong and not give up. I'm 54. I got to go enjoy life now. This is the biggest chance I have. This is ABC News. If you guys enjoyed that episode, do me a favor. Leave me a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or however many stars you think I deserve. And until next time, I will catch your asses down the road.